The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome back, everybody, to another exciting episode of Stories from the Sidelines. I'm Coach Larry. Matt could not be with us today. Uh, he's a very busy man. But make no mistake, we've got two important special guests. Uh, Josh Alderman coming back. Josh, is this the second time or third time? Um, this, is, yeah, this is my third time. This is your third time because you came on one with the state team and, then and once, he, once by yourself and now today. And making his podcast debut, even though we've mentioned him on the episodes uh, several times. In fact, uh, last week we mentioned him, uh, the pole vaulter extraordinaire, Mr. Daniel Reinhardt. Yo, what's up, guys? Daniel, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, Daniel, literally, I think I asked you, what, 30 minutes ago, uh, 40 yeah, minutes ago at practice? Less than an hour ago. Towards the end of practice, hey, Daniel, do you want to come on the podcast? <laughs> and he was like, sure. He's like, do I have time to change or time to shower? I'm like, <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. So, you know, that's how sometimes guests just uh, guests just magically appear. But we're uh, absolutely glad to have you. I still, I've been talking about this for a while. I still eventually want to have all three Reinhardt's on here. Yeah, I know with Andrew, he's uh, you know preparing to be like the next president of the United States. So that might be that might be a little tough to get him. But uh, I want to get all three Reinhardt's eventually on here. But um, all right, gentlemen, before we get in, we got a lot of track and field stuff to get into. But before we do that, um, I'm coming in hot. I came in hot last week with Ted Lasso again, and I'm coming in with it this week. I just if either of you guys watch Ted Lasso. No, I've heard it's really good, though. No, I haven't. I'm telling you, I love it. Season three started off a little, supposedly it's going to be the last season. We're not quite sure yet, but it started off a little a little rough, but uh, the last couple episodes are awesome, and I'm loving every minute of it. It's weird because it's different. When Netflix comes on, like a Netflix episode comes on, you can pretty much, like even Cobra Kai, love Cobra Kai, but when it comes on, I'm not going to lie. I'll pretty much be done with it in a weekend. You binge like, it, yeah. I binge it, <laughs> which is after you're done, you're like, damn it, I wish I didn't do that. With Apple, it's weird because you, like, literally, they it's almost like a TV show. It comes out every Tuesday or every Wednesday, so you can't binge it. It's on Apple? It's on Apple, um, which is good that you can't binge it, but at the same time, I'm like, Damn it! I really like. I want another episode now. Watch the next episode. Yeah. So they do the same thing with like Disney Plus. Yeah, the, the same thing Amazon like Prime with like the Mandalorian and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, which is fun, but at the same time, like I, I just want just give it to me now. You know, it's already <laughs> taped. Just let me watch it now. Yeah. But um, no, loving Ted Lasso. Uh, the last couple episodes were really good. So I can't wait till tomorrow's episode. Um, in fact, it's. Here's how bad my wife and I are. It's supposed to come out on Tuesdays, or sorry, on Wednesdays. But Tuesdays, if you wait, if like you stay up late, or at least for an old person like me, if you stay up till 9.30, which is late for me, um, it comes on Tuesday at 9.30 at night. So we usually, we'll, we'll make Tuesday a late night for us old folks here. Um, but I love it. 
definitely, if you're looking to get into an episode, uh, it's fantastic. All right, enough of that uh, Ted Lasso talk. Uh, of course, you guys know the track season is very quickly coming to an end. It's coming to an end, but we still got a lot of the season left. I mean, we still got a track meet tomorrow. We still got class meets on Saturday. Uh, we'll get into sectionals and then hopefully states yeah. for Daniel. So uh, we're going to talk, start a little pole vaulting conversation here. Um, Daniel, I knew you were you were the head dog for indoor for pole vaulting. Are you are you currently what are you currently ranked for outdoor for pole currently vaulting? Currently number one in the section. Are you so you're yeah. still the top dog? Yeah. Um, and this year, I know you hit twelve six for the NFL meet. Is that your top for outdoor? No, that was no that that wasn't. I uh, a couple of weeks ago I hit thirteen seven. Okay, I was gonna say That's, wow thirteen seven. Yeah. Okay. And we've had some terrible weather meets, so that's that's an accomplishment. That was, yeah, that was for sure the best weather so far this year, and that was real nice to be able to, you know, take some good jumps at higher bars. Was that the Will South meet? Yeah, Will okay. South. What's the record? Are you anywhere near it? Yeah, so right now I'm second in school history mm. at 13.7, and then 14 feet is the school record. So I attempted... 14-1 at the meet. You know, I was close at my first attempt, but then just got tired and, you know, the wind was... So you should get going. it then. So, yeah, so I, it'd be nice to get it by the end of the year, so... You will. Yeah. You will. I got no doubt on that. Yeah. Um, now, talk a little bit, like, what got you... First of all, how long have you been pole vaulting, and what really, like, what sparked your interest in the pole vaulting? Because so, that's one sport I would never... Uh-uh. Yeah. I'm not even... Not, no. So this is my fifth year doing track, doing pole vault. And um, going into track, because my, my brother and sister, they did it before me. My dad was always like, you can't do hurdles or you can't do pole vault. <laughs> and so at, in eighth grade at practice when Coach Bunger was there, uh, they were like, all right, who wants to try pole vault? So I was like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. So Sydney, Jordan, and I, we all went into the gym, and we just we tried out pole vault. And we're like, all right, this is, you know. Kind of fun, kind of interesting. But yeah, it's it's pretty fun. So. You know, I actually held the pole upside down the first time I held a pole. Oh, jeez, so. really? <laughs> so I've come a come a little ways. But. I'd say so. Um, when at what point did you really think like um, like man, I'm I could be really good at this? Like, at what point did it really? Did you have like that man? This, it like a really clicked moment? It's you know I I don't want to be like selfish, but it's kind of kind of always been like that almost like. In uh, eighth grade, when I cleared, I think I was like, I don't know, like tenth eighth grader in the state or something. Probably just because I was one of the only ten in the state to clear a <laughs> bar. But um, and then freshman year, I kind of just had a rapid growth. I I jumped ten feet by the end of my eight, my freshman year, and that was that was pretty high. I was like top ten in the section and uh, pretty high in the state for a freshman. So. You know, and then COVID kind of messed up a couple seasons. And I was going to say that took away what your sophomore year. That took away my freshman outdoor and my sophomore indoor. Indoor, okay. So that kind of that kind of messed up some things. But then, you know, last year, um, and then going into the summer, going into this year, that's when it's kind of like it's it's been uh, it's been nice this year. Absolutely, and I mean it's it's been uh, a ton of fun watching you. Pole vault has been. I remember my first year coaching, 
Um, and I don't know if uh, Coach Berger, I can't remember the last time he did this, but he used to take uh, a group of vaulters out to a clinic at Brockport. Yeah. I remember the one year, because um, he was only, he's only, even though he knows way more about track and field than we'll ever forget, or he's forgotten more than we'll know. Um, he, uh, he still only a volunteer coach, so he needed somebody who was an actual coach to go on the, on the trip with him. So I got the... Uh, he asked me if I wanted to go. We took a bus ride out. I think it was maybe seven or eight vaulters. Um, and it was really cool. Just they they did drills for the kids, but then they also – it was also almost like a coaching clinic for the coaches as well. So it was really cool to uh, see some of the different drills and just – I mean, you've got to be strong. <laughs> like I don't think people realize just the core strength that you need to do that. Yeah, it's a it's a full body exercise. You need you need your leg strength to be fast, and you need core strength to swing. You know, you need upper body to press the pole. But uh, building off what you said about the Brockport in eighth grade, I actually went to that with uh, Mativu in Sydney. So oh, okay, yeah, we were able to do all those drills, and it, that was a that was a really cool experience. Yeah, it was really awesome. Um, the only drill I did was they had the foam pit, and I got to jump <laughs> in the foam pit. That was the only drill I did. But uh, no, it was really it was really a lot of fun um, just to see the interest. Um, again, one sport. I hate heights, so you put me on like a five foot ladder. I'm shaking. There's no way I'm flinging myself <laughs> ten, twelve, fifteen feet in the air um, and going over a bar and hoping that I'm landing on the mat. Yeah. Um, did you ever have like one of those? Uh, I don't want to call it a scary landing, but almost like a oh my god, I'm gonna miss the mat. <laughs> type moments yeah i've had a couple of those um it's kind of just one of those things that it, it's just going to happen eventually um you know at a couple of meets i've jumped over the mats like i've landed on the other side of the mat and that's just due to a, a couple of different possibilities but then also sometimes i've landed in front of the mats so you Ooh. know it's yeah. At Kemmer West with the indoor pit we have, you know, I went up and then I'm like, okay, I'm not really going too far into the pit and then came right down. So uh, did you get hurt? I, get or? hurt. I, I caught myself because I like I landed half on the mat, but half on the gym floor. So oh, okay. I was able to catch myself, but. There's, yeah, it's, it's sometimes you're like, okay, this isn't <laughs> this isn't <laughs> ideal, you know, not really doing what I'm supposed to. But I could see that being almost like a deterrent, though, too. Like, did you ever have one of those, like, ooh, okay, like I don't want to do this anymore, type of deal, or is it just like, like you said, it's just kind of, eh, it's gonna happen. I yeah. learned, I know what I did wrong. I'm not gonna do it again. Sometimes, yeah, you can like, all right, get in your head a little bit, like, okay, I didn't do it right that time. Like, am I gonna be able to? figure it out and do it right the next time but you know i'm still doing it so i was gonna say now josh you do your specialty is hurdles i guess you can almost have the same thing because if you're in a race and if you trip over the hurdle you know fall down or in your case cartwheel or somersault (laughs) under the hurdle um i mean it's another race where you can you can get pretty legit banged up um did you ever have one of those like scary moments on the hurdles I think Dan. I don't know if Daniel saw it, but I think it was my first year doing it. it was my junior year is when I started hurdles. Um, I went. I was going, and I moved really fast at the first hurdle. Like I, I never did the thing where you jog at it. I always just sprinted at it. So because of that, I got really nervous the one time, and so I was sprinting and sprinting, and sprinting, and my toe 
hit the hurdle, like my trail leg hit the hurdle. And I don't know how it happened, but I did like a little spin flip thingy. <laughs> like midair, I like my whole body spun. And then I just kind of like slid across the track and like the skin on my knee was gone. Oh. Like, and my legs were all messed up. And I got up and just kept hurtling because it's like, it's one of those things you gotta get, you get it comes with the territory. Like, and it's the same thing with pole vault. Like, things are gonna happen, mistakes are gonna happen every now and then. You're going, you're not gonna do it perfect every time. So, it's like when that happens, you can't get all in your head about it. Like, that's what I tell, that's what I tell the, the kids all the time is like, like today, I'm not gonna name a name, but like one of the guys comes up to me, he's like, I'm because the one he fell pretty bad the one time and he's has been able to get over a hurdle since. I just kind of went up to him, I was like, hey, it was like, and I told him that story that I just said, and I was like, it happens. But it's not going to happen every time. It may happen more often than not. Sometimes it just depends on your mentality. But the point is, is you're gonna you're you're gonna make mistakes. You're gonna fall. You just got to keep going. Unless you seriously hurt yourself, you just just the type of thing you got to get up and keep doing because it's just it's going to happen. So absolutely. I mean, those are uh, my events in high school and track and field. I was you know a two miler. I did the thirty two, the sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um, also did the four by eight relay. I'd occasionally do an 800, but I was not fast enough for an 800. Um, but I was more of the distance where, I mean, there's not really that fear aspect. In both of yours, I mean, if you look at it, there's there's a decent amount, especially pole vaulting, there's a decent <laughs> amount of fear yeah. Oh, in yeah, those. It's, it's scary. Um, in fact, I remember we never had a pole vaulter. I went to Niagara Falls. We we never had a pole vaulter. We didn't really have the facility at the time um, to uh, practice it. So we didn't, we never, in my four years, I don't, I could be wrong, but I don't think we had a guy or a girl pole vaulter at all. Um, but I remember every beginning of every year um, running the hallways, they'd always set up, you know, the the indoor hurdles and have you try it or whatever through the hallway. And I'd always get ready. I'm like, I'm going to jump. No, nope. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just, nope, nope. And they would have it a lot of times, you know, they would start at the lowest setting and I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm just going to keep to my distance. I'm good. I don't know if it's a fact. Like, don't like, don't, if you look it up, I might be wrong, but like, I just tell the kids it's 85% mental. The oh, rest absolutely. is form. Those are, those are the numbers that you just make up. I, and you they, and like, they believe me. That's I, what they tell each other. And it works out. I've like heard. they all have pretty great hurdle form. So. Oh Yeah. Those are the numbers. We're like, it's, listen, it's ninety five percent mental. It's five yeah. percent tail. It's you just. I'm like, just up. the form is easy. It's all mental because it really is a large amount of it being mental. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because once 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 they get past that initial fear, they they will learn the form much easier. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, I, I've heard that uh, pole vault is ninety percent mental, and the rest is in your head. Because you know, yeah, that's it's a it's a huge mental sport, and if you. If you get in the wrong mental space, it's there's no point even trying. Cause. And that's even without the poles and the hurdles. Like, <laughs> yeah. you get in your head, like, you, yeah. you remember when I was at Rush Henrietta? Yeah, yeah. I was in my head. I'd, I, was. I, I I didn't run a bad time in the hurdles, but I was I ran a normal 400, and I ran a terrible time because I was all in my head. I ran, like, a 56. And that's not a terrible time for someone who, like, is starting out or someone who's, you know, midway of their track career. But I was, you know, I was running 53s at the time. So I ran a 56 one time, and I was just all in my head. And I remember it's just like it's all about fun. You're there. You don't. You're not getting paid to be there. You don't have to be there. But when I ran my best is when I was like, hey, you know, it's just a sport. It's a it's a game, really. And I want to be as good as I can. And this isn't the way to do it. Oh yeah. And I, a lot of that special. I mean, even with my mile, I remember I was a freshman at the time, um, first year track and field, 
And first two meets we had, you know, I was doing pretty good um, in some of the duels. And all I heard about was uh, it was a runner at the time. He was a senior, Pat Proctor at uh, Wheatfield, top miler, one of the top. I had it in my mind. I'm going to beat this kid. I'm going to beat this kid. I'm going to put my name on the map. You know, I'm going to everybody's going to. So first two laps, I went out with this kid. I was <laughs> right neck and neck. In fact, I think maybe going into the second lap or whatever, I might have been slightly ahead of it. Like, I was going out. By the middle of the third lap, I was – I didn't think I could get that tired. I mean, I had hit a wall. Mm-hmm. I was – I went out probably a good – I mean, I was a good 45 seconds, like, off my normal pace. I mean, I was – I went out like a bat out of hell with him. And, uh, of course, he's a veteran runner. Of course, he knew how to – you know, when to kick it in. This was normal for him. Um I was nor I, I was normally low fives, um, that freshman year. I I don't think I went sub six. I mean I was <laughs> dead that race, um, and I'll never forget. He kind of, he obviously knew that I had hit a wall. He kind of came up to me and just, you know, was like, "Nice job, kid," and kind of you know told him, gave me some tips or whatever, and this and that. But I'll never forget that race just because I was. I let it get into my head. I let this kid's reputation get into my head. You know, it's Pat Proctor. I'm going to beat him. I'm going to beat him. He's top in the state. He's top this. He's that. And I knew, hey, I was not ready at that point to <laughs> beat or to come anywhere near Pat Proctor. Yeah. So, but it it happens. I mean, you go out, you get you get focused on something, and you forget about everything else. Yeah. So, but those are lessons you got to learn. Um. And as we're talking about this a little bit, do you guys, now that we're talking about the mental side, I mean, you're coming off of a long indoor season, coming off of, you know, wrapping up, getting close to the end of a uh, spring season. Do you guys, is is the fatigue kind of getting to you a little bit? Is it kind of like, all right, this is the, the high level competition, but at the same time, man, I'm just tired. Like I'm, yeah. I'm ready. I mean, is it is it starting to get to both of you a little it's, bit? Yeah, it's kind of it's a little tough, you know, just pushing through and trying to trying to get to the end. But yeah, and especially Daniel, I mean, there's got to be some dual meets where you're not even you're not even starting to jump until everybody is like out. Like really, all you had to do was clear like sometimes ten, eleven feet, which isn't even a, a yeah. good jump for you. That wins the meet. I mean, does that kind of drain on you like it's just man there's no competition here yeah i mean i treat those just more as like just practice like trying because you know be, pole vault you can't really practice much due to weather due to injuries or due to other things like so whenever we have a meet you know i try to just use it as practice be able to get my run down and just try to get on some big poles and you know try to dial in so that you know at the meets when the other people I'm I'm ready to do that. Because at this point, what do you are you usually coming in around twelve, twelve six? Like yeah, what are you usually for coming in? Past three meets, my starting height's been twelve. So I've I think I've made that every single first attempt. So pretty consistent at that so far. Okay. And with pole vault, is it is it like some of the other field events? Like let's say if if you and another competitor go out at thirteen feet. Do they look back like, all right, Daniel cleared twelve six with no fouls, but the other guy cleared it with two fouls, yeah. so you get the victory? Yeah, it- there's there's a whole like list of look back. like tiebreakers yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, and then if it's exactly the same, they'll do a jump off. 
actually last year um at a meet against the loophole it was exactly the same we jumped i think 11 feet and we were doing a jump off and i went up and i snapped the crossbar so it was you know what jess was jess was telling me about that in fact i think we we talked about that at the on the episode last week um I don't remember seeing it, but I remember hearing about it later on yeah, the bus rides home. It was, you know, it was kind of embarrassing, but like you just got to look back and laugh. Like, yeah. listen, plus it's Louport; they've yeah. got like thirty-five million of them. <laughs> they can afford it. Um, but no, that's uh, Josh. Have you ever broken a hurdle? Uh, no, hurdles have broken me. Uh, <laughs> I say, I have. Yeah. I, my, I got plenty of scars on my shins. Uh, where, where there's one. Where the, it wasn't the hurdle that got me, but I was going over a hurdle. I spiked myself because my trail leg went completely just to the wayside, and it, and it hit me right, and it, it cut me right down here. You were at the practice, you probably remember, Monty. I I was bleeding all the way down. Like I have nice, I have a, I have a little faint scar right here Oof. from it. Um, I've never broken a hurdle though. It's it's surprisingly it's really hard to break a hurdle. Like you have to you have to be kicking that thing every day. And like there's one kid who does not use form. He's from Starpoint, and he he just kicks every hurdle down. And that when and he if, he if he goes to states for it, he will not stay. He will not stay at states. Well, now, but hurdles though, isn't there something like if you like if you knock over a certain like don't you have to literally clear a certain amount or they they can DQ you? You have to see. You can kick as many hurdles as you want as long as you look like you're trying to actually do it. You can see this kid is deliberately doing it. He hasn't been disqualified yet because you know dual meets. Invitationals, they're a little less lenient. Yeah. But the second that kid goes to a higher competition, like states, he'll get disqualified, <laughs> like no doubt. Because I've seen him warming up; he doesn't go over the hurdle. He he doesn't. He like, just, I don't think he knows how. I think he just kicks it down. That's so why then, he wins. If he doesn't know how, is it really breaking the rules, or is it? Well, because because it, it's like it doesn't look like he's making okay. an attempt. Like I was yeah. talking to Brunger, and it was like he's it. You can count that as not making an attempt. Okay. So he's found a way to get over the hurdle without getting over the hurdle. A loophole in the in the regular yeah. in the yeah. regular competition. But when he goes to like a higher competition, he will <laughs> he will not make it. Um, if he can fix his hurdle for him, that's different. Like he doesn't have a terrible trail leg. But then again, how would we know the, the hurdles on the ground before he even really? So he's just basically like drop kicking the hurdle. He just he just goes as if he's it's like kind of like half assing the 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 um. The middle, so like he gets ready to go over the hurdle and then he stops there. By the way, sorry for dropping that. You're but good. You're good. He 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 just hits the hurdle like he stops as if like you're getting ready to hit it and the the hurdle goes down and then that's really it. Like it's just kind of like and, and I remember watching. I was like he qualified and like Brunger was like I would think he did, but he didn't. He got first, so yeah, we'll see if he makes it. But I don't think he will because there's a kid. There's a kid who's like way way faster than him. Like I raced him last year. And he destroyed me. I would think, though, I mean... In the 400 hurdles, I think you can do that. I don't think it's as big of a deal. But in the 110... Hurdles also aren't as high in the 400. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I mean, you, you're probably exhausted from the run in the 400, though. So. You, can get a lot, you can get away with a lot in 400 hurdles. Yeah. Then you can in 110. 110, you get disqualified for a lot. But now I would think, though, especially in a, in a speed event like the 110, you know, if you're knocking down 9 out of 10 hurdles, like... You're, I would oh, think you're going to be pretty much like your time is going to be terrible. But then again, well, it's, that's the thing. He's just fast. Like it wasn't even a great time. It was like maybe like 18. Like that's a good time, but like that's not like a that's a that's a possible winning time. It's probably a low 18, maybe maybe a high 17. But um, 
I lost my train of thought. So if this kid had any form, he'd be like in the 17s. He'd probably be, he could be like really low in the 17s if he had good form because he's fast. Because that, that's one, that's the thing with Henry. <laughs> he's doing 400 hurdles. <laughs> the worst form I've ever seen. But he is so fast that he runs, that he runs a great time. Can I tell you the day, the day of the NFL meet, um, I got a text from uh, Megan Smith, the Niagara Wheatfield coach. She texts me, and all it is is capital letters, Henry Morris, 400 hurdles, question, question, question. I didn't even realize he had been entered mm-hmm. in the race because Mativier does the lineup for the guys. I didn't realize he put him in there. And all I, w- I was like, no. Mm-hmm. I was like, no way. And I looked at the thing. I was like, ooh, yeah. crap. Yeah. So I texted Mativier. I was like, do you know? Like, I thought he made a mistake, even though he never makes a mistake on anything. But I thought he made a mistake. And he's like, no. So uh, I was shocked that he was. And he ran. And he ran fantastic. He ran. He I think he ran. He won. Yeah, he won. Yeah, he won. <laughs> he ran like a one minute point six. And he was like, I think I got your time. I was like, no, I ran a flat. <laughs> All right, I get as close to fifty nine as you can without hitting fifty nine. He's breaking him, and he's gonna break him. He's, he's gonna, gonna like fifty eight, fifty seven, and like oh, I don't know about fifty seven, but like I don't know. I think if the guy, if the guy, if the guy pushes him, I think it's did possible. he have? I didn't see his race. Did he have form? Like no. It, oh god, his form no. is so bad. <laughs> we, it is so bad. But we have two weeks to work on it. It's already better today when we were working on it. After is he practice. gonna? Is he gonna run it in sectionals? Yes, he is, and he could win it. He, he's like he's probably like. The top three seed. He like, could. St- he made an eighth grader and cry. Like he just running. It was his first time running. The kid was sobbing. That's fantastic, Dad. You'll just tip the mic a little. <laughs> yep. There you go. Um, no, I was shocked. I didn't. I guess uh, he had come to Mativier like a week before. He had always wanted to run it, but he came to him and he was just like, "I, I want to run it." And I mean, Henry's kind of you know earned that right to kind of like, "All right, you want to go do it? Try it. Yeah. Go do it." And he's like I said. He'll he'll destroy my time, no doubt about it. I just don't know. Like either he's going to do it at sectionals and win, or he'll win by just just enough, and then he'll destroy it at states. And I'll be so happy when I see that because he's so passionate about something he's been doing for one week, <laughs> and I love it because he he already shows a lot of passion for something that I enjoy a lot. And to have him be, it's kind of weird as a coach. Like, when I was an athlete, I was like, oh, I hope they're not faster than me. But as a coach, it's like I almost want I want them to be faster. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Like, it's like it's, it's just great, like, seeing, like, when someone runs a close time or a faster time than me. Like, Sam Maley. Like, seeing yeah. him He's... destroy my times, <laughs> like, is it's honestly, it feels almost, even if I didn't work with them, it feels almost like, like, because I did help. I feel like I kind of give everyone pointers. So oh, it's yeah. like. I feels like almost I helped them get there, and it's like it's a better feeling when they're faster. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Because I, I was I was pretty good, I'd say. So like, once they get past me, that's very good. That's Sydney and Henry level. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's like that's like wow. You know, it's just a great feeling. Yeah. No, as a coach, you always you always want your athletes, you always want your team to to do better than you do ultimately. But at the same time, you're just like. Yeah, a little bit. It's just like a, you get a, you like, get a little, little peeved or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, it's just that competitive nature of sports. Yeah. Um, speaking of coaching, I mean, Daniel, you're pretty much the uh, the second in command coach, yeah. or you know, Brunger's yeah. Brunger's the top dog coach. But it's it's been great watching you because a couple times, you know, especially during the indoor season, Brunger will say, "I'm not going to be here," but Daniel knows and. 
you'll just come over and be like, all right, coach, I'm doing this, this, this. Like, all right, go go at it. You you've got like your your little minions, your <laughs> yeah, little minions yeah. there. The the next crew. Talk about that. I mean, you're still you're still an athlete. You know, is it is it rewarding? Is it is it cool? Is it more like an annoyance? Like, yeah, how do you like it? It's it's cool being able to you know show this this passion that I have with the the younger kids and show them and really help them learn and you know because you know I I didn't really have a like senior on the team when I was younger like. There was a kid on West who jumped, but, you know, I only saw him once a week, and, you know, he was only there for a year. But, uh, you know, I've been here with them for two years, so that's it's been nice. I've been able to coach them and help them and just, you know, be there to help them through the journey. Yeah, because even during the – even at the JV NFL meet, you were – I think you were yeah. there with them. and. Yeah. It was it was as a coach it was great to see an athlete like care so much about the team to do that. Yeah. So that was that was awesome. Um and you know Povol it's just you know when you're young you don't fully understand the event as well and not having a coach there. I mean Bunger's usually there but you know if Bunger's ever not there and they don't have a coach at a meet, you know, it's kind of you know, it's you don't really know what you're doing, so I like to help them and be there to help them. So, oh, absolutely, and you've been doing a, a great job. And then uh, you're going to be continuing. Um, at, you're going to Brockport, right? Brockport, yeah. Um, yeah. Was that always the top choice? Was it like? Well, so yeah, the the clinic I did in eighth grade. That's when Brockport really got put on the radar for me, and I was like, all right, this is a this is a really cool place, and I just love the facilities there. And, um, you know, through my college search, it was always a top school and ended up choosing those. So that's awesome. Now, did you did you end up reaching out to the coaches or did the coaches end up kind of reaching out to you? So the pole vault coach at Brockport is also the coach for the club that I go to. Okay. so, you know, we we knew each other from that. And then uh, he knew that I was interested in Brockport. So, you know, we just got to talking and it kind of just. You know, it just happened. Like it just, it just felt natural to go there. That's awesome. Did any other schools reach out? Or yeah, so I, uh, I was also looking at uh, Cortland and uh, Ithaca, and um, you know, Sydney and I, we went on a trip to Cortland together to do a recruit trip there, and then um, you know, who knows where Sydney's going? But. <laughs> I was gonna say, has he made up his mind? Henry's Henry's Bonaventure, Bonaventure right? Yeah. It, yeah, I, is that signed, sealed, delivered? I'm, That's... I'm pretty sure he's signed. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he's got like a full spot there. I think. He's okay. Landed. Yeah. And that last I heard with Sydney, he Buff was State leaning towards Buff State. Buff State. Brock... Brockport. I, I is, think he's is gonna... so is Bonnie off the table for him then? Looking like Brockport is going to be the spot he goes. Think... You think Buff State? He likes. He likes Buff State more. I think it's because he probably wouldn't have to dorm or anything. Uh, yeah. And yeah, it's, oh, wow. so that's another thing. Who knows what he's gonna do? I mean, he could he could choose another school for all we know. <laughs> I know he might end up like in a different state. I, I would I, I wouldn't put past Sydney. Um, Listen, I'm telling you, those two should go together. They can you know cash in on that name, image, and likeness thing. You I'd know, love the, to see the, them on two different teams. That's what I'm saying. That is cool. true. Sydney, that is true too. If Sydney comes to Brockport, we gotta start like making videos or something. Or when uh, you, if you come to like, we gotta like. We gotta start making money or something. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. Okay, so yeah, like that's that that brings it to like I want to go to Brackport too and run, um, finishing at end trip this year. Like after this, so I got one more year at end trip, and then I want to push over to Brackport, and then 
You know, if he's like, got a got yeah. a roommate spot, probably try and room with Daniel here. How cool would that be? And that'd be Have pretty like sick. Three kids from the same high school getting the band so, back together. Yeah. yeah, I just got I got to start running again because I, <laughs> I was gonna say you. I'm, uh... <laughs> I mean, I, hey, I'm bigger. I'm bigger, but in a good way. But I haven't been running, so I'm a little I'm a little out of running shape. So that's all right. That's easy to get back into. Yeah. Easy to get back into. Um, so. Now, Daniel, you you don't just vault. Like you also you do. You've done long jump before. Yeah, done long um, triple. I'm done the 200 tomorrow. I was gonna say tomorrow's. <laughs> can I tell you how weird it is setting a lineup for tomorrow's meet? Because we've already had the NFLs. They're already done. It's kind of like got, what the, what's the point, really? Like it's I don't know. It's the after the league championship, and we're gonna have a. Just, I've I've you know. never seen or heard of anything like this, but yeah. I think I mean it's going to help a couple because I know uh, it's going to help uh, Gianna and Maria get their sixth meet in for sectionals. I mean, yeah. So, so um, just, and then also you know if you're kind of on the cups of uh, sectionals and you need to get you know that next PO to yeah kind of further in the top sixteen or hit that standard, so it can help, but it's it's odd. Yeah, it's definitely weird. Um, I know I'm, I'm kind of handling it on the girl side. But like, I'm giving. I think each varsity runner is getting one for sure. Maybe I think a couple are getting two. But like everybody, it's almost like flip flopped. Everybody's getting a, a a nice rest because a lot of them deserve rest. And then of course, when I say off the lineup, I get all my varsity. Well, how come I'm only doing one? I want to do three. I want to do four. But like. You need to rest. It's a long season. You know, it's uh, it's getting to the point where I don't think people realize how beat up you get, especially yeah. the, uh, some of you guys who've gone from indoor to outdoor. I mean, it's, it's a long combined indoor. I mean, indoor is long in itself, and then you kind of just squeeze in outdoor onto the end. But it's it's a long, yeah, it's long. especially indoor when you're doing all that running inside. Yeah. You know, in the hallways, those. Those floors are not forgiving. A lot of banging on the knees. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh, even when you were running, did you kind of get towards the end of the season and be like, "Man, my ankles are done, my shins are done, my knees are done"? I don't. I don't know if you remember my senior year. I was injured a lot. You're like, an alderman. Oh You're, yeah, of course. You you, you guys got are the born big injuries. Injured. Gabby tore ACL. They got all the huge injuries. And knock on, knock on, knock on some wood. Um, I got all the little ones. I was gonna say you so, never really had that that huge. But I got I got injuries that enough to take me out for like a week. So like during the indoor one, that was it wasn't a super like like the most the biggest injury I had wasn't super like intense. It just took me out for a week. So like I had a quad contusion, so I couldn't walk normally. Yeah, I, I remember that. Let alone run. So um, I was out for that, and then I. Daniel, I had you shouldn't have my... kicked them as hard as you did. I know, yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't I... have gotten that fight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's funny, actually, because we were, we were playing uh, zombie tag on the third floor, and Alex Lapinski was running, and I turned the corner, and she just, boom, her knee went right into my quad. And I was like, uh-oh, I can't feel my quad. <laughs> I was like, did I just, did, did something like tear something? Like, I was worried, and I was, it was just a small quad contusion. Like, I ended up being fine. Like, I, that, though, I think the week after is when I broke five minutes yeah. in the mile, so, like, it didn't. It, it, it actually, if anything, it just gave me the rest I needed. But my ankle was rolled so much from cross country between the hurdles, the cross country, everything, and I never sprained it. And so at the beginning of outdoor season, I I was just walking, and we finished like a, we were going up like Edison, and um, 
I was walking, we were doing accelerations, and I slowed down, and then I stepped wrong, and I heard I heard a nice little, like a little, little I don't know, I don't know about a snap, but it's a, definitely a bone rubbing up against another bone, and it just completely like my ankle went from straight up to this like on the side. And I just I just went down, and I was like, oh god, mm-hmm. did I just like tear something in my ankle? Did I break my ankle or something? Sprained ankle, should have been out for a little longer than I took, but like you know, I ended up coming back and it was fine. Um, so ankle definitely held me back for a good amount of that season, but at the end of the season, it didn't bother me much. So oh yeah, out. and an ankle is a tough thing to come back from too, mm-hmm. especially if you. Uh, there are sometimes even with sprains and tears, they say it's mm-hmm. better if you just like break it as opposed to you know sometimes oh, with yeah. the with the ligament tears or stretching and i was lucky i had a second i had a second because if it was third i would have been out for yeah pretty much the season um now daniel what are like the big are, are there big injuries in um pole vaulting like shin splints knees hips yeah. or is it for me it's been shin splints and then I, I had a i had a back problem last year like last indoor i was affected pretty heavily from just like inflammation in one of my uh, hip joints, and that kind of sidelined me for most of the indoor season, and that kind of just stuck with me through the th- through the whole outdoor last year. But I got on top of that, and surprisingly, indoor I don't think I had any injuries. So. I don't, I don't think so. You like, seem relatively free, even that, for outdoor now. Yeah, outdoor. I mean, shins are kind of coming back at me, so I just gotta stay on top of that and. It's tough though, because you know you want to train, you want to get better, but you know you just got to take rest, and it's it's hard to find that balance. Oh yeah, sometimes you got to be your. Sometimes you can you can definitely be your own worst enemy. We're like, no, I got to tough through it. I got to tough through yeah. it. And if you would have just taken a few days, you'd yeah. be you'd be fine. So, um, is is that a common thing though for pole vaulters like the shins? Just I'm guessing because it's a lot of pounding yeah, up and down the runway, foils, and then you know taking off. That's <laughs> a lot of you know, and then triple that. Hasn't been helping, so you know I'm probably probably done jump, uh, doing triple jump for the season. So yeah, that'll be nice and should save. Every time I triple jump, I always end up rolling my ankle, and that mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, every I don't know if that's just because I don't know what I'm doing or like you know. Why would that's the way you do it? I was gonna yeah. say I would see there's a lot there's a lot of room for it's, failure. It's in just that. a lot of impact going well, down, and I just learned how it worked like the other day. Because like they told, I still don't know how. Yeah, to, that, that's <laughs> that's Dan's thing. That's I, Coach Norton's thing. Yeah, and then, then they had me doing it, like actually running it, and I'm sitting there like, I had no clue what I'm doing. Like I felt terrible because I felt like I screwed people up. I didn't. People did good, <laughs> but I felt bad because I was like, I was like, I don't have no clue how to do this. So I learned how to do it, and I, and I saw the way they're doing it. And I'm like, I'm like, wow, I would, yeah. I would, I definitely break or tear something with the way they take that one step. Like that's. Because if oh, they yeah. take that wrong, they could tear their ACL. They could do really anything. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah, that's why I always stuck with running. Oh, yeah. And as no. a coach, as long as you look like you know what you're talking about, that's, <laughs> it's yeah. selling it is half the deal. I wasn't, a, I wasn't a field event guy, so I had no clue what triple jump was before I started running it. Listen, I have never thrown a shot put or discus in my life, so... And yeah, I've and coached I just, it. I'm a thrower's coach. <laughs> Did you see the discus? Yeah. No, I showed I my head. I, was it good? I was gonna say Daniel, <laughs> Daniel, with a little bit of coaching from uh, Jess, like launched that thing probably like a good eighty feet or she's more. Killing it, isn't she? She Corwin? is killing it. She mm. is. Can I tell you how proud I am of her? She's rocking it. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's Daniel just launching. <laughs> Wait, thing. but like, why was that like perfect? <laughs> I almost want to put you in discus tomorrow. <laughs> I want to talk to Honestly, Batiba, like... it's it's a it's a meet. It's like a, just a casual meet. Yeah. Why not? 
just yeah. to see what you could do. No, the first but, time I, I triple jumped, I found out the night before the meet that I oh, was yeah. doing triple jump. Because we just had like an entry during indoor, and so I watched a YouTube video the night before, and then... There's been a few oh, times. That's how it was for hurdles. That's how There's it was for hurdles. <laughs> when I, when, so I'm sitting there as quarantine in class at 8 in the morning. Matira texts me. He goes, hey, hurdles? Question mark. <laughs> I went, are you sure? And he said, yeah, why not try it? And I tried it. And then because the, the meet was the day after. I had one day of practice, I think. And then I, like, you know, it's just I had natural just because, like, my brother was, I watched my brother do it. So I just was like, okay, well, I guess it was not that. Sometimes there. you just got to do it. <laughs> I am a little short to be doing hurdles. But. It worked out, you know? <laughs> Listen, there's been a few times. I remember, um, uh, <coughs> excuse me, Matt Geary, there was one time where we oh, just literally on the bus found out that he was doing uh, discus when we were going to Wheatfield. So it was it was him, and I want to say it was, uh, was it Puma? No, but him and somebody else was literally. Matt Geary? Yeah. And like Connor? Maybe? No, I don't think your brother ever. I snuck him into. A, I snuck him into a shot put event. Oh, you're talking about throwing? Indoor. Throwing discus. Oh, this wow. was our outdoor season. Literally, we're on our way to Wheatfield. Um, Mativier threw him in because we needed some points, and it was when we got there. I gave them a quick, maybe five ten minute crash course on discus. And Geary's, I, I think he still hit eighty plus eighty five, mm-hmm. and. Um, yes. I talk to him all the time. He's, he, he's, he was like pretty good at like a lot of the stuff in the yeah. sport. Like he wasn't like insane at like a, a lot of stuff. I think his best was four hundred hurdles. But he like, was another one where I would have loved if we had a deeper team at that time. He could like do just numbers wise, I would have loved to have him pent. He could have done anything in that yeah. sport, and he was pretty but good then, at it. You also had Nick doing pent that year. So that like, is true. We didn't. We definitely didn't really we had, need that next yeah. pent guy. Yeah. Um, we didn't have to be like Wheatfield, where they put like thirty-five people in the pen just to get points. Well, I mean, they got like hundred something people, so you know why not just throw people all yeah, over the place? They've got a couple more people. There. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to say congratulations to Wheatfield, uh, especially the guys team. You know, winning their first ever NFL championship. That was, yeah, I'm that so was their happy. first I'm so one. Coach Megan Smith. She she earned it um definitely deserves it and uh it was we going into that last event she comes what she's like i think we're tied then like she'd walk by did we just lose by one point <laughs> then it was i think we won by one point yeah because the, then it was cause, the, the triple jump was happening at the same time as the four by four so like yeah and triple jump was taking forever to get the scores in at first it was we knew her her son um uh, chris had won so we knew he was getting first. If Lockport had gotten two and three, that would have given enough for Lockport to get the win by mm-hmm. one. So that's why she first she heard that they got two and three. Then it was, no, they only got three and four. Then it was, well, they got that. So she had gone on such a roller coaster over the, like, the last 20, 30 minutes going from we lost by one, we won by one, we lost by this, we won by. So it was just great to see her. Her, uh, her she team get for so long. Oh, like, she was crying. Oh, absolutely. Like, and she gave us hugs, and I was, I was like, oh, that's great. It's great to see. Yeah, because she was the person that can. So in cross country, when I had to stop running at NFL, she was the person, the first person that was there. Like she like hugged. I didn't even know who she was. <laughs> She's like hugging me. She's like, oh no, it's fine. It happens. Like if you had kept running, you probably would have severely injured yourself. And so since then, I've had like a good connection with Megan, and she's I'm so happy to see that she that she actually she got the win. So now that's one thing we've talked on this episode because I've had Megan on here, I've had uh, Michelle White, uh, the Grand Island coach, on here. Uh, Rich Morano used to coach for the Niagara Falls. I've had a couple mm-hmm. coaches on here. 
And the one thing we always talk about as coaches is just how much of a community the NFL teams are. Mm-hmm. Um, as athletes and even former athletes, like do you guys, do you guys notice that just from being an athlete, like just how much not only the coaches, but like the other schools, like just how well everybody gets along. Yeah. I think that's just the culture of track in general. Yeah. Like, that's why it's such a good sport. Not just because like, oh, someone's really good at this. Someone's really good at that. It's everyone. I don't, I really can't think of any times that someone has made me so mad <laughs> that I've like wanted to like hit them in the face. Like people have been arrogant. Like we've been over that. Like in the in the one my first time on here, I'm not gonna go back into that. <laughs> but you know, sometimes it's okay. I guess if you can walk, if you can back it up, you know, if you can walk the walk, talk the talk. But like, it really doesn't happen often in track. Everyone's pretty like they're humble. Everyone's pretty like. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They know what they can do, but they don't shove it in everyone's face. So That's one thing I've learned a lot from pole vault. Like, I practice, like, practice, like, not even me. So, like, I practice with probably, like, 20, 25, maybe not 25, but, like, I practice with a lot of people I've competed against, just the nature of pole vault and how complex you need the practices to be. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, at West, you know, we'll have a couple other schools there to practice with us, you know. Uh, before states, I, I was practicing with people who, you know, were my rivals. Like that week, that week uh, the, of the state qualifiers, you know, we were going head to head, and then now we're practicing, getting ready for the state meet. So it's kind of just a unique bond from track and you know the whole sport. Even when you're practicing with your competition, do you kind of like if you notice they're doing something wrong in their form, do you kind of give them a little hint, or do you kind of like uh, that's gonna cost you, buddy? No, you. You want to help, and, you know, they've all got their coaches that are yeah. looking out. So, but, I mean, because if they jump higher, then I got to jump higher to beat them. So it's 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 good to have people pushing you, and, you know, you want everybody to jump high. You want everybody to PO, you know. Oh, absolutely. And you said, Cock, like I told this story, I think, two weeks ago or two episodes ago. I told one I, – I was a distance runner. There was uh, – it was my freshman year. Um, I was put in, in fact, it was at Kenmore West. I think it was, uh, it was an early season invite. Um, I was put in the mile, but it was a JV invite, early season. I don't know why my coach put me in there. I really shouldn't. At that point, I was already running like, you know, 520s, 515s. So I wasn't running like horrible mile times. So I was put in the JV. It was a JV two mile. And, um, by the third lap, I had already pretty much lapped the entire field. So by the second lap, he made our coach made all our varsity athletes go to that meet. So they're all up in the stands. I I'm on the straight. Every time I went on the straightaway, I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. raising my arm to like whoop the crowd up. Um, by the eighth lap, like everybody is like going crazy as I'm coming by. I. I mean, again, it was a race that I shouldn't have been in. Um, I was kind of being a jerk. Like, I was being a big-time jerk. Um, Looking back on it now, if one of my athletes would have done it, like, I would have – I don't know if I would have even let him finish. I would have pointed, like, get the hell off the track. But at that point – in fact, I never got ripped on it, which I'm surprised I never did it again. I've been humbled many times in the track, but looking back on it, I was a jerk. And I, 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 I wish you would have caught me. 
I never did that, like, like getting, like, super excited. Like, I've had, I did, like, Mativer would just throw me in a mile because, like, I was good at it. And, like, it was, like, easy points if he knew that they didn't have a great miler. So I would just always smile. And I'd just, I'd just smile the whole time. And because I couldn't stop smiling because I'm, I'm, you know, these kids behind me are they're exhausted. And I'm, like, pretty much jogging. And I, I think I think one time, I think, well, who was it? Andrew. Andrew was doing it or something like that. And he was doing this. And then he almost fell. And so, like, I had, I almost did something. Like, I almost got freaked out. And then he, I remembered the story he told me. I was like, I'm just gonna sit here and smile for the yeah. rest of the time. Because you know, when you're when you're in a race, you're you know you're winning. It's it's fine if you're like you're not as long as you're like you're not all over yeah. the place. I guess that's that's kind of how it is. Me with basically every dual meet so far. This yeah, year. I was gonna say <laughs> if there's anybody here that could trash talk if you wanted to. I mean, you could yeah, you could nope. be the cockiest the cockiest sob in the world, but oh, yeah. you're not. So, I, because well, yeah, it's just not the culture. Like, yeah, you bring yeah. it back to the culture. It's and see, because I always came from, I came from the team sport. Like soccer was my, and still is my biggest sport. Mm-hmm. And I was always, I was always that little shit trash talker on the field. <laughs> like I'd go up to the guy and you, whoever I was marking, and I'd, you know, just relentlessly make fun of them, or or just get in their head, or you know, make a stupid comment. So. Early on in, in track, even my because I didn't start until my freshman year, um, and early on in track, you know, if I was winning big, even I, in fact, I shouldn't admit this, but I'm I'm sure of it a few times when I'm when I'm lapping some of those kids. I'm like, man, I passed you again. Like, dude, you're like, I was a jerk. Like, dude, is this the first or second time I've lapped you? Like, just I'm not gonna lie, I was a little, but. Uh, you know, after a while, and, and even on the soccer field, you get humbled at times. But I was, even on the soccer field, if you get humbled, you just, you know, you go back and you 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 do it again. You always, you're always looking for that edge. Well, but in track and field, you kind of learn it's not. I mean, I guess you're looking for an edge, but it's not a sport where you're looking for that edge. The best miler is going to win. The yeah. best pole vaulter is nine out of ten times going to win. The best, you know, hurdler nine out of ten times. I mean. The best athlete is usually going to win, mm-hmm. so you try to stay up with them. But it's you don't you don't need that extra trash talk to do it. Like I don't recommend it, but like at the end of the day, I guess if you can back it up, <laughs> who's really there to say, "Hey, stop that!" Yeah, like is like you back it up, you back it up. Oh yeah, if you're good at it, we may not like you, but you got to respect it. You know. Oh, for sure. I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm sure, especially in the soccer world, there's. There's more than a few people that um, <laughs> might have some hard feelings toward yeah. me. Although, you know, Niagara Falls, we won zero games in four years. So oh, you went to Niagara Falls? I went to Niagara Falls. Uh, four years of varsity soccer, win. and we didn't win a single damn wow. game. Um, I did most of my trash talking on my, my travel league teams because we were good travel. Mm-hmm. But you uh, like one of the better soccer players on the high school team? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Listen, I made second team all Western New York okay. my senior year, but uh, I was good. But um, no, our, usually it's your high school team is like your main thing, and then your you know your travel you kind of just do in shape to stay for high school. Mine was the opposite. Yeah, I mean, I I tried my butt off for high school, but I looked at, I knew like we're we're not winning. Um, but it was always we always got our our bigger wins on our on our travel teams, which was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, four years of varsity soccer and not a single win. And then it pissed me off because the year I graduated, the next year, 
I came back to watch one game, and they were able to beat, I think it was either Tonawanda or North Tonawanda. They played in a, a non-league scrimmage or a non-league game, and they got like a one nothing victory <laughs> off the worst goal in the world. Hmm. And I'm just looking. I'm like, what the f- Like, why couldn't we play this terrible team when I was in high school? But that, I, I digress from that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what do you think? Ready for the hot seat questions? Yeah, sure. Now, Daniel, do you know the uh, the hot seat routines? I know you've listened to a couple episodes. Yeah. Do you know? So we'll do hot five questions. Um, we'll kind of go around. You guys got to come up with questions too. They can literally be about anything. Um, I think last week, uh, one of the questions the girls asked, like, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Um, but it could be about anything. So we're going to go, we're going to start with our five hot seat questions. Um, let's see. First one. Um, all right. We've done this one before. Um, if, I mean, Daniel, you're, you're just about graduated. If you could go back in your high school career and pick a sport that you haven't done, what would it be? What would that sport be? For me, probably be football. I, I, I mean, I know it was the same time that soccer. I know I'd have to give that up, but I, I'd like. I don't think I'd be a. I mean, you guys see me. I'm not going to be a, a defensive end or anything, but I always thought I could be a decent punter or a kicker. Yeah. But so that for me, it'd be football. I always wanted to play hockey. I think that was a sport. Like, that's an, that's a good one. I just never, I never ice skated, and you know, my parents would never let me like. Do that. So you remember when we went ice skating the one time? <laughs> oh God! <laughs> but I mean, like I was always playing like roller hockey in my backyard, and you know, in the street. So, but I never played ice hockey, and I think that'd be a really cool sport. Uh, to play. Can you skate though, or not very good? No, I I can skate. I just haven't done. I, like I've only skated like once or twice. So okay. Like, Do you kind of, like? Is it kind of very similar to rollerblading, or it's like not even close? I'd say so. I think, okay. I think, you know, my experience kind of carries over. Okay. So yours would be hockey. Mine's football. Alderman, what are you looking at? I think I'd go with football. I did, okay. I did a lot of sports in high school because of COVID. Like, I did swimming, volleyball, and cross-country yeah. and track. So, like, I would have said volleyball, but we got not, having done it, we got to do it. So, like... Um, that was fun. That was pretty fun. Yeah, was I mean, fun. sometimes we took it too serious because we were, <laughs> we were on the JV team. I was a junior on the JV team. Hey, nothing wrong with hey, that. Listen, I'm I'm okay at parties now. So like you know, whatever, like house parties. I'm good at playing volleyball. There so. you go. Um, but uh, what position in football? In football, I'd probably alternate. So I'm actually in a like a league right now like for the summer like oh, okay this league. so what well, i i would i go between wide receiver and uh free safety so All i right. probably would have done something like that just because I'm, I'm fast and have good vision my only problem with wide receivers I'd, I'd have to be a slot receiver because yeah but those are the guys that take that licking those are the guys that take the, the I take pop through the middle i can take a hot i can take a hit though that's the thing that is true you are an alderman oh uh, yeah so <laughs> but i never did it i was also really little in high school like i'm five seven now i got into, i got up to five seven my senior year so, it was all really short from there on. And so. I'm still waiting for my growth spurt. Yeah, definitely football. <laughs> <laughs> definitely football would be mine. Sorry. I kind of went right. off on a rant with that. No, that's all right. And, uh, Daniel, what position would you be in hockey? Right wing. Okay. Yeah. Some more of the scorer? Yeah. yeah. Nice. I score all the goals. You ever play uh, NHL? 
Yeah, I that was a big game I played when I was younger on the Xbox 360. Yeah. And I scored every single goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you can do it in a game, you can do it in real life. Absolutely. It's in the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question number two. What do you guys got? Who's got one? All right. Um, what is your favorite vacation that you've ever been on? Oh, for me, it's uh, a year ago today. So, uh, well, almost last summer. Uh, my wife and I went to, we did 10 days in Italy and hands down the best vacation ever. It was one of those bucket list, bucket list trips, 10 like, days. Oh, I thought you said 10 days. I was like, what's that? Yeah. You know, we went <laughs> like, there for 10 fun. days. Yeah. No. no, we did 10 days. We did, um, we flew into Rome. We did Rome, uh, Milan, Florence. Um, we did a day trip to Pisa. Uh, we did, um, Cinque Terre. Uh, more the northern and central um, Italy, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't want to leave. Like on the on the last day, we uh, we were flying back out of Rome. I was like, I was almost in tears. I was like, I don't want to go. I was like, I was having like a little kid tantrum. Like, no, let's just stay another week. <laughs> we could, I mean, just the food, the weather. It was gorgeous. Um, the scenery, everything from top to bottom. You know, you always come back from a vacation, but like, man, I wish we would have did this. Man, I wish we like I would not have changed a thing about that trip. Everything was perfect. So um, that's by far my best vacation. Loved every single second of it. How about you guys? Um, yeah, I'll go because you asked the question. Um, okay, so <laughs> I'm going at the end of this week as well. I'm going on Thursday. I'm go- Disney World. I've been there the most. I've been to Ohio. Okay. I've been to Canada. I've been. Like to a good amount of places, but I've been to Disney a lot. I really love Disney World. Yeah. It's just they say it's the happiest place on earth. <laughs> it really is. Um, at least for me, I, I love it there. Um, I'm very excited. Like I said, I haven't gone in a few years. I'm going Where you guys? What part are you going to? So we got a Disney Vacation Club membership, which Ooh, is like okay. a life thing. It's like it's like a lifetime thing. And is like, that like a timeshare type deal? Kind, kinda. Yeah, yeah my, my family we have a vacation club. Yeah, so yeah, we just got into that, and we're staying at the Beach Club. Okay, so it's, it's like this really nice hotel, <laughs> like like a rich person's hotel, and um, it's I'm excited to see how it's gonna look at the end of the week, like because I'm told it's huge and it's like really like fancy, and so, so this is your guys' first time. So doing it? they've been uh, my whole family's been recently. I'm the only one who hasn't because I've. Well, you're busy coaching now. Coaching, track, college. Like I, I got. I'm already taking summer classes right now. I and then I. It's been a busy day. Like so, like I've never had time. So we. I'm going twice this summer. So I'm excited. Awesome. Disney World, definitely. Okay, Daniel. What about you? I think I. Uh, a couple years ago, my family went to London and then Paris, and I. Think, Ooh. Yeah. So that was a really cool. Uh, really cool trip. Really cool experience. Uh, like we flew to London, then we took the train to Paris, and uh, yeah, went on top of the Eiffel Tower. Um, just did a bunch of touristy stuff, and it was just. I was gonna say that was the one you guys didn't you guys do that during spring during the uh, track season, like uh, spring so. break, something was, like that. Yeah, I think that was like <coughs> four years ago, probably. So, yeah, that's cool. I, I haven't really been on a vacation recently. So. Not while you were there, did you do the uh, see all the Harry Potter stuff? Or yes, we went to Platform Nine Three Quarters and nice. the train station, and everything. Oh. My sister, she's a 
much bigger Harry Potter fan than I am, but <laughs> mm. so she really liked that, and uh, yeah, it was it was it was really cool. I was gonna say my wife and uh, our daughter uh, Sarah, they went. Um, I wasn't able to go because I was coaching, so I got the uh, the hoodie from it, the Harry yeah. Potter hoodie. But uh, that's all, that's all it. Although we are looking to if we can if we can sneak it in, we are looking to try to go to the Bills game when they're playing in London yeah. this year. Oh, they're um, playing in London. Yeah. So that we're we're hoping to squeeze that in, but uh, good question, good question. All right, Josh, what do you got? Uh, question number three. When we did back in time, we did vacations. So it's a lot of pressure, right? It's a lot of pressure on these questions. I'm really glad I thought of that. <laughs> uh, that was a good one. That was a really good one. Um, Daniel setting the bar high as in okay. Vault. So I know. All three of us were very like into like, like Marvel and stuff like that. Like, are, are you big in? You're, are you like no Marvel, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. Okay, Star Wars. so if you could be anything in any of the universes that you were interested in, um, what would you be? Like any of the characters? So like, so you got like in Star Wars, you got like Jedi, you got just normal like smugglers, stormtroopers, oh, okay. stuff like that, and then like in Marvel, you could be like. You could have a superpower. Like, what would it be? If, like, if you were in Marvel. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like a dual question. Good question. Good question. Um, hmm. It could literally be any universe. <laughs> Lord of the Rings, even it could be any. Okay. So just any like any universe you like. Any so any like yeah. fictional. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. You know what? I could see myself being uh, being uh, what's the the dwarf from Lord of the Rings is Gimli. Yeah, Gim- yeah. I, I could see you myself. Be a dwarf. I, I'd be a dwarf. Listen, I'm, I'm basically hey, the same size, I anyways. I respect that. So <laughs> I would love to be a dwarf. They, they, they're rich too. Plus, like, that's, the, that's the Gimli cool. character, he was just such a smart ass. He was just so funny. Like I, I would be, I'd be like Gimli from from Lord of the Rings, the the dwarf character. I think it'd be really cool to be a Jedi. Like, yeah, but yeah. what what time frame would you like to be a Jedi? Too difficult question. So like, <laughs> so you got like when the Jedi were like fully ruled, or like during the Empire stage, or like after. No clue. Hmm? No clue. Uh, just the Jedi. Just the Jedi. I think. Yeah. I, I one of Yoda's best friends. I didn't think about my. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't. All right. So he'd be a, he'd be a Jedi. Yeah. You got your whole story. Um, best buds with Yoda. Oh God! I didn't even think about my own answer. Um. I did just see the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie, so I'm really liking Marvel right now. Okay. But I'm going to go with Star Wars because I've been playing a video game about Star Wars. So I think I think being a Jedi, for sure, and just living out the entire life of a Jedi, but like around when like everything kind of fell as well. So like at the end of the Clone Wars, like maybe the middle of the Clone Wars until like the Empire, and just kind of like living out. Like how a Jedi lived then. I think that'd be tragic. But so you see cool. the good times, the, the not-so-good times. The rough time. And it's just, I think that whole like thing where you're like, oh, like this is how I survived Order 66. And then it's like, oh, well, this is what I am now. Or like maybe maybe you become an Inquisitor or something like that. Like you're a bad guy. Like it, it sounds cool. Like I, I don't know. The whole Star Wars thing's pretty dope because you could be literally a lot of things. And you go yeah. galaxy to galaxy. So Okay. Very cool. I like the, good question. Good question. All right, question number four. This is when whoever has a question, just hop on in. Uh-huh. So we've got two more to do. Um, question four. Let's see. 
You got one? Who's got one? You got one? Let it rip. So, um, if you could go back to any time frame, literally any time frame, and live out like a pirate or like a cowboy or a bandit or something like that, okay. what time frame would you be? Would you live out in? Ah, listen, like, I, like you could always return back, but you can stay there as long yeah. as you want. Um, I often thought so. The Sinatra time that would be what, like the forties, fifties. Um, I always thought that would be a really cool, yeah. cool era, you know, uh, cool music. Um, everybody would be wearing a fedora. What would your so. job be? <laughs> uh, what would my job be? Yeah, like back then, because there was a lot more jobs like that were different from today. I'd say I'd like to be a singer, but that ain't happening. Um, you never know, maybe. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> maybe they liked off cat, you know, terrible voices back then. Yeah, whatever you want. Um, I, I mean. I guess like some sort of entertainer back in the day. Even like even um like back in the the twenties, thirties, like the Stooges. Stuff oh, yeah. like that. Like a, a vaudeville entertainer. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'd say like the twenties, thirties, forties, that that whole era. Um that'd be plus you guys know me and technology don't really get along all that well. <laughs> so I figured like back then that, that would be that would be kind of a cool era to to be around and, and have some fun with. Uh, I think I'd have to go, like, way back, like, medieval times. Like, hmm. I think it would be so cool, like, the time of, like, castles and all that. Okay. To be a king, like... Yeah. And having all my people and... <laughs> be, like, a king? Be the lord of the manor. It'd be so cool to be a king. Like, literally everybody's looking for you and, uh... And you got, like, a nice castle to yourself. You gotta do nothing. You got this big castle. You Welcome to Castle Reinhardt. say, I want this done, and then yeah, other people yeah. get it done yeah, for you. That sounds, like, yeah. I was saying, now, would you be the king, or would you be, like, a knight, or I'd would be, you be... I'd be the king. <laughs> uh, I'd be, I, think, I think I'd, I'd choose the king, Way too. top. That's yeah. right. Way top of yeah. the I'd want to... Ever since I was a kid, I always liked like the shootout at, at, the, at, at Fantasy Island. <laughs> I always wanted to be a cowboy. Like, you know how much I love this game, Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I talk about it all the time, wherever we are. Like, oh, this place looks like that. Like, it's my favorite <laughs> video game ever. Going back into that time frame and, like, kind of being, like, an outlaw, not like a, you know, a terrible human being, but definitely someone who every now and then I rob a bank or two. Like, I know that was that's not as real. It's not super <laughs> realistic. But, like, living in that time would be cool because not only just, not just that, but, like, fishing would be a lot more peaceful. Okay. It'd be a lot cooler. It'd be a lot more Simpler sacred. times. Simpler, Simpler times. Simpler times. Um, I wouldn't have to worry about getting hit by a car or car insurance. I'd have a horse. I'd have my own little horse with me. What about horse insurance? Horse up, uh, yeah. In, in the game, there's, I, I don't know if there was horse insurance back then, but Maybe, regardless, I'd love a horse. I'd love just like something about just like going all over the place on a horse and okay. fishing wherever. It, it just sound, It just seems like such a peaceful time period. I mean, yeah, would, my lifespan wouldn't be super long back then, but while yeah. I was there, it was. It sounds pretty cool. I You'd mean, be like middle age right now. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be, be having. You'd have a midlife crisis. Have a midlife no, yeah. crisis at twenty. Yeah. So like I'd say like eighteen nineties. Okay. Eighteen nineties in that area, anywhere from early to late. Okay. Very cool. All right. Last question. Who's got one? You got one. If not, I got one. I don't think I got one. All right. Um, all right. As a kid. Well, you guys are still kids, but worst worst childhood chore that that mom or dad would make you do, like you just dreaded doing that 
chore, whether it was cleaning your room, whether it was cutting the grass. Um, doing it all. For me, I mean, I always did the grass cutting. Whatever. I didn't mind doing that stuff. For me, it was cleaning my room. Like, I, I just, I, my, I was the typical just, wow, you can't even see your floor. <laughs> like, just, I mean, it was, I hated cleaning my room. And I always got yelled at. I, I think until probably around, I don't know, sophomore, junior year, my mom just was like, whatever. You want to live in a pigsty, live in a pigsty. But, um, no, I was constantly getting in trouble for cleaning my room and making my bed. We're gonna we're gonna add that with it. But that was that was my uh least favorite childhood chore. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really have to do many chores, but I think I'd have to agree with you, just cleaning my room, like I tend to just whenever I obtain something I just put it on a shelf and then just leave it there and uh never clean up clothes on the floor, you know. I mean it, it's it's kind of clean, but it's it's not fun trying to clean it all. And the worst thing would be, especially me as a kid, like my room was a pigsty, but I knew where everything yeah. was. So like, if I needed to it's go, organized, but it's chaos. But yeah. it's organized chaos. Yeah. And then when my mom would come in and like do like a deep cleaning, I'm like, well, like where is it? What did you do? Oh, I tossed this. I t- no, I need like I can't find anything. Like there should be a pen right here. Yes, under all this other junk, and it should be there. And if it's not there, like what the heck happened to it? Exactly. It's like man, I'm just I, like this isn't my room anymore. I need to make it messy. I mean organized. Shoveling. Oh, especially yeah. in Buffalo, oh, New York. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just I. Forgot See, mowing the lawn, I'm not a fan of, but, like, it's not that bad. See, I always like, found that relaxing. It's, like, it, almost, it I put common. some music on, I'm great. It's just, like, shoveling. No matter how much music I put on, it's gross. It's, like, all icky. The worst part is when it's, like, you get a bad snowstorm where you shovel, you mm. you shovel the driveway, and by the time you're done shoveling the driveway, it already needs to be shoveled again. You're just looking like, what the hell? That's how it was with the... The snowstorm we had this past yeah. winter. Oh yeah. It's, oh well, the one in the, the one by Christmas time, I gave up. We had shoveling. Deep, yeah, we had to keep yeah, going it outside. Was just, it was just snow, and we we're just like, all right, we're just gonna leave it. We had to keep, yeah, somebody, somebody's gonna get it. <laughs> yeah, we had to keep going outside to like turn on, make sure our generator was okay. Oh, because okay. we had just gotten a new one, and so we had to keep going outside. And I could, it was, it's like it felt like a movie. I could not see. Anything. Well, now, did you guys lose? We didn't lose power or no. cable or internet. We didn't lose yeah. anything. I think we would have if we didn't have the generator. Like we had got it just in time. Did it? Yeah. So you? So your actual power like flickered on and off, or like lost? I, I, I'd say a few times the lights flickered. We had one or two light flickers. That was about it. Yeah. But, but we, the thing with we didn't lose anything. Is like, is it? It like, <coughs> it was already like it would turn on and at any site of like. Oh yeah. So like it was even if the power had went out, we wouldn't have noticed it. So. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, beautiful shuffling for sure. It stinks. Yeah, I agree. I, I, it sucks. Yeah, the light shoveling is not bad. But once it gets, and then if you don't once shovel you for a couple said. days, and it turns into ice, and then that's just a whole icky thing. Um, actually, that reminds me. We'll end on this story, but uh, this is when I first, I first moved in with my now wife. Um, we, uh, we were at. Uh, our old house, we had talked about, you know, getting a snowblower or whatever. So she, I come home from practice. She's like, oh, I bought a snowblower. Um, it's in the car. Can you help me? I'm like, all right. Open the the back door and it's in a box. I'm like, oh, no, this can't be good. <laughs> Take it out. 
And it's one of those, it's got like an electrical cord, like where you plug it in. And I'm like, oh no, this is, I'm like, tell me. And I'm, it was still early enough where I'm just like, oh, thanks, hon. Like, this is, this is great. She's like, oh, well, it just snowed. Why don't you try it out? I'm like, no, okay. So I find that as I'm getting the extension cord and plugging it in, I'm like, this is going to end horribly. It does like an electrical hazard. It sounded <laughs> like know. a dust buster. It had that ring. Like, it just sounded like I was dust bu- I mean, I went out. I'm sure... Our neighbors at the time, like, looked and were laughing hysterically at me. It, like, threw maybe a little snow out Mm. and then stopped. And then threw a little... I'm like... She's like, how do you like it? I'm like, can we return this? Like, thank Mm. you. So we ended up returning it, and it was just... It was a great gift, but no. No. uh, It didn't work? It was like a snowblower you would use in, like, Florida. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But all right, gentlemen, we're going to wrap things up there. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming on. Um, and again, with such, you know, with uh, all the planning and the notice that I gave you guys. Um, so thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we'll definitely have to have you back on to tell us uh, how well you did at States. You know, we'll get the whole Reinhardt clan on. But um, then Josh. Pop in whenever. Pop in whenever. Yeah. You know, always welcome. Uh, your coaching career has been going, I'd, I'd give you top notch. I mean, my hurdlers are all qualifying. I was going to say, everybody's yeah. qualifying. Yeah. So it's getting to the point Apparently where it's working out I'll get some well. kids. I want a hurdle. Go to, culture, go to Coach Alderman. Just, just go. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. No, that. you've been doing a great job. Um, make sure you guys check out our uh, podcast on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Check out our YouTube page. Um, and Facebook page at Stories from the Sidelines. And as always, make sure you tune in next week for another exciting episode of Stories from the Sidelines. And go Bulldogs!